0: hello and welcome to life beyond the numbers the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life we live in a world largely driven by numbers logic and reason but how we feel at work and about our work impacts us our organizations and society There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michielan, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique. Others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So, join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories, and strategies to inspire you. Today I am delighted to be joined by Carline Tanya Bands on Life Beyond the Numbers. Carline, you're so welcome. Thank you so much, Susan. And Carline is I don't show the video, Carline, but Carline is sitting in this Swiss cottage and it just gives me such a feeling of winter wonderland. Is there snow yet where you are, Carline?
1: Um, I can see a little bit of snow on the top of the mountains, actually, but not so much. The sun was shining today, so it feels really like summer when you're sitting outside, wow. and it's not so cold as as cold as in the north. So okay. I really love to be here to have a little bit more sunshine.
0: Oh yeah, that sounds great. Anyway, it looks beautiful and cozy as well. So I'm jealous, actually, starting this conversation, <laughs> Caroline. As I was researching for this episode, I think I came across one of the most unusual sentences. That I have ever come across in all of the episodes that I've done. And you said I married myself. So tell me about that and tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so the idea actually came from my partner. We just talked about maybe one fine day we could get married or not, and just like an easy talk. And then he said to me, Why don't you marry yourself? I said, oh, okay, because of all my journey I went through um, my life, um, there were so many aha moments. I I actually found myself. There's all this awareness coming in my life, and I I was actually blind for many years in my life. So I was in reaction mode. I was neglecting myself. I was repressing and everything like that. And. Then I said, yeah, why not? I could just go and do that. And then I, I looked for a date. I looked for where I could do that and how I could do that. And so it was in May and I really it was a wonderful day. I was in, our, in my hometown and just invited a few people and promised myself actually to really look after me and to be honest with myself, to always say what I need. Because in my former life, I've always had this tendency to really go for everything else than my own needs. And I was like a chameleon. I adapted everywhere, but I did not actually know myself. And that was very unhealthy, actually. So I had to learn to look at myself. What do I really need? And this wedding day, I call it, was actually like a promise to myself that I really want to be authentic. I want to really fulfill my own needs as well, not only the needs of other people in my life.
0: And you invited friends, you said, or family. So people witnessed this also.
1: Yeah, just a few friends. I didn't want to have a big society. So so I just did it for myself, basically, with my partner and, and some friends. And But I had a lovely dress, (laughs) so I had flowers, (laughs) and it was really lovely. It was a lovely day, so yeah.
0: And have you kept your promises?
1: I think, I yes, part of it, because, of course, we go back into our mode where
0: we... The honeymoon is over. Yes, (laughs) the honeymoon's (laughs)
1: over. And, of course, I had to remind myself many times, hey, come on, well what did I just do now? Where were my thoughts? And do I really look after myself now, as I promised to myself? And of course, these moments also gave me a little bit of, let's say, it, it, it remind, these these moments reminded me to, to really breathe. Okay, what do I really want here? So I'm on this journey, still on this journey. It's not like pushing a button, of course, but it's good to start somewhere. <laughs>
0: Yeah and I really like that the commitment to oneself because Mm -hmm. you know marriage is I've never been married but marriage is a contract it's a commitment it's Mm -hmm. a relationship there's so many connotations that come out of that term and putting yourself into that in a way that forces you gently it's not a forcing function as such but you have an opportunity to ask yourself, given the commitment that you've made to yourself, which maybe most of us don't do. Yeah, yeah. You know, we might set a New Year's resolution, and then it's February, and the New Year's over, and we move on. But actually, what you've done is very, very powerful, I think. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I must also say, my partner helps me here a lot as well. Because, you know, having like a mirror from outside also helps and sometimes he would go and say hey do you really want to do that what do you want that also helps me then to really go back in my own skin and say okay hang on yeah I think I it's good to to be reminded right
0: absolutely and will you celebrate an anniversary do you think
1: I I I, I think I will always do that yes. <laughs>
0: It's, it's like in a my second birthday now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's in my calendar, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Amazing.
1: And I've also written some lyrics for my song, Be Your True Self. So a good friend of mine, he has written this song for me and was also a lovely project. And I actually took the lyrics from my wedding day and put it into that song. The song gives me also this, hey, come on, you've done that. And you've even put it into a song. So here it is, here you, go. here you go.
0: Wow, and do you listen to the song?
1: Um. Sometimes I do it, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Caroline has recorded a song be tr- be, your, be true your true self. self.
1: Yes, that's and it's available
0: me. on YouTube to listen to. So I will put a link in the show notes. And what was it like? Is singing something you do, Caroline?
1: Yes, yes. I'm actually I'm singing. Yeah, since my 14th birthday, I mean, has always been my my island. I always called it, and I just love singing. It's something that brings me a lot into my body, and I've also had a band and I know people who, who can just see and we can just have a nice time with music and singing and playing. And that's really, it's a fun thing to do. And it eases me. It gives me some balance, you know.
0: Wow. And what was it like then to record a song like that and put it out into the world?
1: It's great. It's really great. I've written songs before, not so many, but I've done it already. Also my own music, actually, not only the lyrics. And when my former band first played My first written song, I was like, wow, that's an amazing feeling when you just stand there and you hear all your notes, all your whatever you created. And it's just played by fantastic people. And that is just amazing.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I I love what you said about that reminder as well. Hey, you've done this. Mm -hmm. Because funnily enough, this morning I went for a run. And when I came back, I was like really feeling the energy of having gone out into the cold and had a run. And I picked up my phone and I recorded a voice note <laughs> to remind myself of how I felt after going for the run. Mm. So that if I'm procrastinating about it another time, I can play it. Because there's something very powerful about us telling us or ourselves telling ourselves we can do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These are like mantras as well. I love mantras because they're really helpful in life. It's like training a muscle. And the more you do it, the easier it it gets.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you've been on this journey and continue to be, but Mm. also that you repressed things or you Mm. you weren't your true self, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So... How did that play out, Caroline? Or where did you know, or when did you know that you needed to let go of being the chameleon, for example, and Mm -hmm. step into yourself?
1: Mm -hmm. So I think when I look back, there was like, you know, my relationships. I, I, how I was not in a good relationship with myself, as I was driven by fear. I'm a fear type, Mm -hmm. and of course, this is something that goes on very unconsciously in life. So I was constantly adapting and like a chameleon, as I said, and just running for security. And I was not aware of all that. And that's also why I started the conversation when I talked to my partner about maybe one fine day getting married or not. And for me, that was like like an anchor in my life, just to be in relationship, to be. In, insecurity security and everything like that. And it was about waking up to myself about, hey, I'm my own security. Huh? I, I, I don't need anyone outside. I can just be myself. I could just be my own um, safe haven here. Right. And this was the wake up call for me because I mean, all my relationships. I was always a pattern going on. And I really had to wake up here from this asleep state and first start. A good relationship with myself. So be my true self, understanding my patterns, understanding what's going on in my life, and to also face all my fears, to be able to speak them out loud, to say, hey, I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of being without any support. And the more I did that, the more I faced my fears, uh, the easier it, it, it got. Fear is First of all, it's a big thing. And then it it gets smaller and smaller.
0: Mm. And then you finally
1: think, okay, I can just rely on myself. And I mean, having said that, of course, this is not every day like, yay, I'm here and I can rely. We're all human beings. Um, Sometimes we have a bad day. Sometimes we fall back. I always call it on that ladder. And I always say it's good to know the way back home. Right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. And what helped you find that way back home then? You said I'm a fear type. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. What helped me a lot and is still a big helper every day is the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is a very old model, an ancient system. So it's a model that helps us to better understand ourselves and our also fellow human beings. And I started looking into the Enneagram a few years ago and yeah, it it helped me to see who I am. Of course, first I I thought I'm special type on the Enneagram for actually, yeah, a few years as well. I mean, the first part of when I started to get into the Enneagram and now I know who I really am because I really, it's like. Lifting all that lids, being on that journey, going deeper and deeper. And finally, I found out who I really am. So the Enneagram is really a game changer for me. as It has been a game changer for me. And I'm still on this journey of getting to know myself even deeper. And every day, actually, I would say I sometimes come across things where I say, Oh, God, yeah, okay, now I know I understand why I do these things I do right? With all this awareness, you can start accepting who you are. Yeah, it's that, that, that massive acceptance that comes. And and as soon as you start accepting who you are, I mean, for me, that was like freedom. It was a peace and everything. And that's why I think the Enneagram can help so many people having those really good relationships with themselves first, because how can you have a good relationship with other people when you don't have a good relationship with yourself
0: absolutely and maybe we'll come back to that a little bit but let's Mm -hmm. talk a bit more about the enneagram because you said it's an ancient system yes what is it Caroline? how do i access it if i want to know What does it do? Tell us a little bit more about the Enneagram. I have heard about it before, but I don't know much about it. Mm. As
1: you know, in in different eras, people have discovered that there are nine different basic behavior patterns. We all have just nine different basic behavior patterns. And um, this knowledge is based on centuries old knowledge from also various cultures and is aligned as well with today's modern psychology. We are all unique, of course, and and in our uniqueness, we are all united, of course. We are all human beings. We are like a community, right? But even though we are all unique and we share certain basic behavior patterns with other people, and for example, maybe the expression, that's a head type, that's a head person, right? And there are people out there, they are more analytical and some other people, they are more, more emotionally right? And still others have good instincts and rely on their instincts, yeah? And still others, they are good at instilling morals, for example. And and there are other people who bring a lot of fun into teams and relationships, right? And there are people who are good at mediating and really good listeners and et cetera, et cetera. So I just explained a little bit about the Enneagram types. So we are all kind of experts in our fields, right? And we all, of course, with all our strengths, we have we also have some blind spots. So every Enneagram type, there are nine Enneagram types. So Ennea means it comes from, it's a Greek word that means nine, right? And grammar simply for diagram. And so we have our specific strengths within our Enneagram type, and we also have our specific weaknesses and blind spots. And the thing is, many people, when they come across the Enneagram, they've First, feel like judged or put into a box. It's like this: oh I don't want to be put in a box. However, the enneagram shows you the box you're already in. That's the thing, right? And um, it's always good to look at you know our strengths we have. So, what would you think, i mean It's good to look. Okay, I'm good in this and that, right? But isn't it hard to look at what we are not not good at? Right? It's it's not so easy to look at our weaknesses and blind spots.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. this is exactly where the opportunity lies if you really face up your weaknesses to really look at your blind spots There's so much more you can do here and there, there can be massive shifts when you really um, face all that and the thing is it helps us to understand why we do the things we do and it's not about behavior itself. We can never say, oh, you are now a type 8 on the Enneagram because you behave like that. We always must look for the reason for the behavior to understand why we do these things. So why we act in a certain way, why we perceive things in a certain way, and our, also our response under stress. And it's an, a really exciting journey. So it sounds like quite a work, and it is, of course, however I'm constantly rewarded by when I work with the Enneagram because it's it's really exciting. And yeah, I think it goes so deep. It goes it it goes deep and it it has an impact on how you move on. And you as I said before, in your relationship and relationship with other people. I mean, since I know the Enneagram, and since I've been working with it, I, my relationship, all my relationships are much more authentic and they're different. And yeah, it's just like coming home a little bit more to yourself. And you, of course, you can change this. You have a big key in your hand. So things that, that don't serve you actually, right? With knowing who you are, with understanding what's going on and why, You have this really massive key in your hands to change things that don't serve you.
0: Uh, As you're talking, I'm thinking about teams Mm -hmm. and because you you Mm did mention team. And and if we think about workplaces and workplace relationships, Mm -hmm. how would you get this to work in teams? Mm -hmm. Okay. of
1: course. When I go to team and work with the team, I, of course, this first basic workshop I give, right, that people get to know what is the anagram, and people start to, to think about, okay, who am I? It's like a big door opener for people. And of course, the more people in a team get to know themselves, of course, that's the first thing and learn about that. Here's the thing. Um, we always conclude from ourselves. We have this tendency. So, oh, you must really understand that. And this is so logical. Why don't you see that? Because I see it like this, right? And when people start to notice that there are nine different lenses, how to see the world, right? They they start to be more empathetic. They start to, ah, I understand. When you say that, you mean it like this is just a different view and that's okay. Huh? So let's work with this. And it's actually really um, fantastic to see when people start getting to know each other in a team. You can see even their faces, they can look at each other like, okay, uh, I didn't know that about you. Okay, um, let's talk about this, you know, and people come and say, hey, um, that was so good because we are a line team. We need to, we have this target and we, we really work on this and we know what we have to, what we have to do but we don't know each other. And now we have finally this time to get to know each other. And this makes us be more attuned. This makes us be more, it turns into a team, into a proper team, right? And it's amazing to see how people kind of wake up to each other, right?
0: Yeah, and this is fascinating, Caroline. It's the question always, isn't it? We work together, we, we spend all of this time together, but mm-hmm. we don't know each other as people. Mm-hmm. And in a way, this is a big reveal because you are exposed as such, perhaps not not exposed, but maybe you're learning about yourself at the same time as your colleagues are learning about themselves. And there's something very powerful in that group awakening or team awakening. Mm -hmm. And yet. People could start getting to know one another. I think there's something funny that we don't know each other at work. Yeah,
1: exactly. And the thing is here, it's it's really when you start getting to know each other in a team, it it's it, it, trust increases much more like we work hand in hand. It's not like we all work for the same target. We come every day and go. And it's really there is so much more understanding and trust, and you can feel it in the air. But it has a massive impact, and people. The good thing is, people take that back home. All their learnings, they start maybe looking at their partners with different eyes. I don't know, and say, "Oh, okay, you might see that differently than I do," and um, and it's really amazing to what impact this can have. And just think of the impact it could have in schools already, when we it's just assumed these youngsters could learn about the Enneagram about personality and everything at a young age already understanding we are different. Okay. But we share certain patterns. Ah, oh, okay. I'm wired like this and you are wired like that. And just think about conflict resolution. I mean, now they, what if conflict doesn't have to arise, right? Because we know each we, we can understand each other better. And I think, I would love to bring it into schools as well so maybe one fine day
0: (laughs) so that
1: would be great
0: yeah and and families because it's not just partners I think there's probably parents and children Mm -hmm. as well
1: yeah absolutely
0: if you're a teenager and you do this at like 13 or 14 is it going to be different at that age than if you did it at 24 or 5? Or what is the Enneagram based on? Is it based on the answers you give in a particular time? Does your type change? Maybe that's the better question. If you're a 9 or an 8, can you be a 2 later in life?
1: No, you don't change your Enneagram type. What I believe, personally believe, that we are born with brown eyes or you know red hair. We are born as a certain type. And and we can, let's say, it depends how we grow up, of course, what we face. So just think of a true self, perfect, nature-born, innocent child. And depending how this child grows up. So in society, religion, culture, there's lots of things, lots of circumstances, of course. There are good things that can happen. There are, let's say, less healthy things that can happen in your it, it, let's say when a child grows up in a family where there is uh, a lack of love and lack of trust and all that and where there is a lot of fear for example or where there's some um, violence and all that there's many different things that can happen of course in one's life and think of these as layers that could, could uh, obscure the true self right and the more layers there are the more obscured is this true self right and maybe the there are more defense mechanisms. So it's like serves as shields, right? And the thing is that those people who faced a lot of, of these unhealthier things in life in early years, they have this tendency to be more in their autopilot, in their reaction mode, being like, they're not so much aware what's going on maybe, right? So they are really much in its anger or fear mode and, yeah, this, as I said, it's more like this coming into reaction mode all the time. So this is how I, I would explain it. And the more we understand why is that this there? What core beliefs do I have? Huh? How do, did I grow up? And what happened here? And what do I personally believe? Huh? All these old beliefs maybe which don't serve me. The more I can break through all that and see who I truly am. It, the easier it gets, and the easier you can see also your true nature again, right? So, I would say it's like as I said before, like a ladder. So, in our Enneagram type, we can go up at that ladder. Huh? So, the more self reflected we are, here we go. I wanted to, I, I was looking for that word self reflected we are, and the less self reflected we are, being in reaction, being in all that, and uh, the less self-reflected we are, the less we can really have this key in our hand again, you know. And then we maybe we are in relationship with someone else who is actually also on that ladder maybe in very low moderate level. And of course here this the likelihood that these uh, relationships don't don't work is much it's much higher.
0: And we can see that playing out the world over caroline no in a way because the world is not a very happy place Mm -hmm. we are surrounded by of course there are good things going on and it's it's not just negative and bad but we have conflict i mean what's happening in in israel and gaza at Mm -hmm. the moment in ukraine in our workplaces people are disengaged and is some of this down to people not knowing who they are, truly?
1: Yeah, I think yes, and I think the, what I always see, or what what makes sense to me now when I think of this, we are parents. Maybe we 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 tell our children, "Hey, look, you have to be this, you have to be that to be accepted," right? And we ourselves as children, we grow up and we have these beliefs as well and we give them to our children, right? So if the thing is, if that goes on and on and on, how can we wake up? You know what I mean? And and I, th- I can see that there's so many unhealthy, so much the things that happen in our world They really, it makes me think a lot about all these layers, right? I just talked about, and we don't know better. Of course, we give what we know to our children, right? And the thing is, we need to break that, not circle. How would you say that? We need to wake up and say, hey, what if we could do that differently? So I don't have to do that the same way as I grew up, as I learned, you should be this and should be that. and. That's my key. And the more we can do that, the more people could wake up here and really look at this, you know, self-reflect. And is that really me? Is that really true? I think there is the chance to really heal this world because I believe people, all people are born with a good heart. All people are good. All human beings are naturally have a good heart you know
0: i do Uh, and i do and as you were talking i'm thinking about just the cycle of life because in a way it's so predetermined by society how we should live our lives so Mm -hmm. we're born Mm -hmm. we go to school we go to university or college or we get a trade, we get married, we buy a house, we have children, we retire. And there it's almost like if I step outside of that, which I believe you've done and I've done, then there's also maybe a stigma that goes with that or, uh, oh, well, those people aren't contributing to society or... They're not normal. There's a protection as well of producing people that are going to do the things I just said (laughs) so that the economy works. There's all of this stuff that is going on that isn't conducive to people waking up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until something often happens to us where we go enough now, or I don't know myself, or I'm not happy mm-hmm. here, or why are these related? It's that mm-hmm. self-reflection, I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and I wonder if that was taught in schools, what difference it would make. Even the Enneagram, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, and and anything that people can do, but I wonder, is there a way to start? Mm-hmm. I think
1: the anagram shows you all that self reflection. It's a really a great model to really wake up. I would call it the great model to wake up, and self reflection. Yeah, it's so much needed. You know, without self reflection, we are like robots. We just like like zombies walking through life through life, right? And yeah, the good thing is with me. What I want to add here as well with the enneagram, because it's not only waking up and awareness. The great thing with the enneagram is also that it shows us a map, and because we can all learn from each other, this is a great thing with the enneagram. It's just not like get typed and then okay, I'm this type, and what what do I do with this? With this, right? It's a map, so it shows us how we get into our balance, how we can learn from, from each other, right, to, to be back in our balance, right? And that's a great thing, which I always also tell people, it's not about just getting typed. It's about this lifelong learning about ourselves and also about, hey, how would type eight do that on a, on a healthy level here, right? And what can I learn from the nine here? This is so powerful. And what I also want to mention is that I also like to work with the teachings of Don Miguel Ruiz and maybe, you know, the four agreements. I do. Yeah. So it complements the Enneagram wonderfully. And because it also helps us to understand how we have been domesticated in the course of our young lives. So what I explained early with all those layers as well, these old beliefs that can be part of these layers, which is not true actually to our true nature, what we've learned, right? And here it's also good to know, I mean, our parents did the best they, they could, right? It's not about blaming anyone. Everyone did the best they could. And here it's really to, I. Oh, what, do, what, what do I truly want? Who am I here, really? Mm -hmm. So this is where the whole journey starts, right? And Don Miguel Resist Four Agreements, they help here as well to reflect, to self-reflect, right? So hang on, how am I using my word here? Maybe against me or, and I take things personally. And why do I take things personally? And that's the the second of the, the four agreements. And. The third is don't make assumptions, dare to ask, because we all make assumptions in life about ourselves as well. And yeah, how about just, hey, let's just give our best, try to get to do our best, which is the fourth agreement. And I love to also bring in the four agreements with my Enneagram workshops. And it's about how we also communicate with each other. That's also a big key here. So I always love to mention that as well, because it's a really great to have all these helpers that we can better self-reflect
0: i i think you're the first guest that has brought up the four agreements and that's fascinating because this is episode i don't know it's going to be episode 153 or four or five or something like that and i think that was a big awakener for me when i read that first and Mm -hmm. especially not to take things personally And what was the third one again? Don't Make make Assumptions. assumptions. Mm Yeah. And I have vivid recollections of changing the way I went about my way in the world from reading that book. And it's a book that I've often gifted to people because I think it's the book I've given most to people because there's something very powerful about that beautiful little book so for any of you listening if you haven't read the four agreements and i'll put a link in the show notes it is a beautiful book
1: yeah and i really love to work and bring it in when i i give workshops and i even i'm i think i'm i will will be holding holding a workshop about the four agreements the next year i'm working on this currently and also like to combine these to connect all these dots And that's, that's fantastic, because it it helps us to open our eyes and to really see what's going on. And this is really powerful.
0: Yeah, uh, totally. And I think that's the benefit, isn't it, of taking the work that other people have done and being able to cross reference or cross pollinate (laughs) or, (laughs) or discover somebody from their work that brings you to somebody else. And It's amazing how much information is out there for us to access, as well as inside, because often that's the way back home.
1: Mm, Exactly.
0: So why is the world the way it is, Caroline? Why (laughs) is there such a gap when there are so many wonderful resources?
1: Yeah, that's the question I've I've been thinking about a lot, actually. So when I read the news or watch news TV, I think, oh, my gosh, the whole world is in reaction mode, not waking up. Hey, what is really important here? And important here is as well that we also need to look after our nature, right? We are guests here <laughs> if we don't wake up and and don't see what we really should do to you know we live on this planet and and it's so important that we look after it and yeah so I I would love to to help many more people to wake up and this is my mission I think this is what I really want to do and what I've I think what I'm born to do to help people waking up and I think that drives me
0: Yeah, Yeah. and I can see it in you. I can (laughs) see it. And a few weeks ago, I was in South Africa on holidays and we went out on this night walk. We were out in the middle of a national park, kind of desert type landscape. Mm -hmm. There was a night walk to look at the night sky. And the guide... Did a talk about the stars and the universe and everything. And when you stand, you're this like tiny speck, <laughs> standing on this tiny speck, spinning around, looking at all these other amazing specks as well, and the light and everything. And there's something very humbling and grounding about the fact that you're only here for a short trip. Mm. And how do we make the most of it? If you get to the end of your life, not knowing who you are or what you wanted, then regret is what Mm. waits for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's good to, to make people aware what is a way based on love and your own trust and what is a way based on fear And I think lots of people go on these ways based on fear and I know how it feels like, and maybe it it helps much more to differentiate when you look at this, like, okay, what way am I on now? Am I on this way where I, oh gosh, I should do this because otherwise this and this happens and, you know, or am I really truly into that? And yeah, what is underneath all that? And just start asking yourself and, yeah, just taking a moment for that. And this is also something that I can see in lots of people. They don't take time for really, oh, what am I really doing here? Is this really me? And I wish for all people out there that, that we can all learn to be more, to take more time for what we really want, what is really a way with love. and to bring out us to our best self with this.
0: And I like the contrast between love and fear. It's not love and hate. It's not fearlessness and fear. There's love and fear as two different ways. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a frame of reference that perhaps we might not consider. Now, when you say love, what do people think? Are people thinking that means romantic love or relationship love or can I love my colleagues? You know what I mean? There's a lot of weight in that word love that often perhaps is too much for people to bear.
1: Mm, I see what you mean. I think I think as of love as something that comes from your own true self, of course, from your own nature. To, to be respectful to yourself and to the world and yeah so there's something pure right without doing something it's just a being love and I think this is what maybe can help to people to start with so who am I when I'm love? <laughs>
0: Now, that's a great question to end on. Mm-hmm. That's one for people to think about. Wherever you are, who am I when mm-hmm. I'm loved? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Caroline, thank you. And first of all, I want to say thank you to Sam Allen, who introduced Caroline and I. And Sam was episode 120 about reconnecting. It's well worth a listen to if you haven't heard it already. But Caroline, thank you for this beautiful Mm -hmm. conversation and you emanate everything that you speak about. You light up as you talk and it's been a joy to be here with you
1: thank you so much susan i also want to thank sam Alan, as well for making this possible that we got to know each other and then thank you so much for this opportunity to just have this nice chat about about love and enneagram and and our true selves and just thank you so much for your time and i really uh, enjoyed it to talk with you
0: thank you caroline and if people would like to know more about you about enneagram What's the best
1: way of going about that? My, I have a website. Of course, um, everyone who's interested in getting to know more about the Enneagram can g- get in touch with me. It's uh, www.butrueself.ch. And yeah, so I, I am um, curious to hear or from people if the p- people have any questions or want to uh, learn more about themselves. I'm, of course, very happy um, to help and to support people here too go on that journey
0: brilliant and i'll put that in the show notes as well caroline so thank you so much for your time thank you susan thank you so much for listening i hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode if something rang through for you be sure to let me know or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.